0: And welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and with me here today, Liam, introduce yourself.
1: How's it going, guys? Um, Liam does stuff. Um, there's. It's a little difficult. I tell people that I do stuff, because <laughs> it is really a lot of stuff. It varies. Um, sort of a cacophony of content, but there's uh, a lot of it's... Just a lot of avant-garde, strange short films, or memes, or reviews, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's really the only way I could put it.
0: <laughs> it's the best way you could put it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember, I I remember finding out about you when you did the Sardonicast in a nutshell, uh, oh, yes. But I stuck around because I really did like your reviews back in uh, I think it was like mid to late twenty twenty one, like when you used to do like uh, video reviews.
1: Why, thank you. I do miss it. It's been a long time. I, um,
0: I'm the same way. I used to do video reviews myself and then I stopped doing them just because it was not worth the time and effort I was putting it in, putting into it. And I just couldn't get them out on like a weekly basis like I was trying to. So,
1: Right. Yeah. I think uh, there's that where there's the demand. It's sort of a, it's part of your routine. It has to, you have to be on time for these movies and uh, make sure that you're catching them. But also at the same time, uh, the content itself, like the genre of movie reviews is such an oversaturated and accessible, democratized sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be um, sort of deflating and it, you end up feeling like one of the one of the Buzz Lightyear toys, the boxes on the shelf in Toy Story 2.
0: It, yeah, it does feel that way. I, I do want to eventually go back to like analysis videos, like big boy review videos where I'm not just doing like quickies. Like, I actually like do like a fully thought out video, which once I have the time, I'll be able to do that. But I mean, I, uh, this is why I started, this is part, that's partially why I started the podcast is because like, you know, I have opinions on movies that I want to get out there in like a video kind of format, but. Uh, the podcast kind of makes that an easier thing to edit then um,
1: and, yeah that's true
0: yeah and then of course I have just like this stack of blu-rays and DVDs of just movies I've either never seen or haven't seen in a while and I'm like uh, I need to get rid of these because they're taking up a lot of space <laughs> so
1: a lot of a lot of hoarding makes takes up so much space yeah
0: yeah no it, it's definitely that yeah uh, <laughs> It's a harsh way of putting it, but you're 100% correct. But anyway, I was going to say, speaking of the mounds of DVDs and Blu-rays I've amassed over the years, uh, let's talk about one of them uh, with our first movie today, uh, that being Nanny McPhee. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we watched Nanny McPhee pretty randomly. Um yeah, no, this, so I just wanted to point out before I get you to talk about your thoughts on it, uh, I just wanted to mention that I have this on Blu-ray, and it was unopened, like, it was still in the plastic wrap, what, like, when I uh, brought it out to, like, play in the player, I'm just like, oh, this hasn't been opened yet, like, it was still in the plastic wrap when I, oh. when I got it, oh, wow. I am just like, oh, wow. How, wow. It's a relic. Yeah, it's a re- it's really a relic. It was really strange. Um, but Liam, uh, what did you think of Nanny McPhee?
1: Well, to to preface it, I I did watch this movie a lot as a child, which I think explains the the <laughs> that explains why I am the way I am. Um, among other things like uh, Master Dis- Master of Disguise and uh, Drop Dead Fred. Oh, I did not have a very <laughs> Typical, uh, sort of cinematic timeline as a child. Um, so that, so th- there you go. Just, just to start there. Uh, I barely remembered anything from it besides the ending with the, I, I guess, spoilers, um, but the, with the snow and everything, um, the odd British sense of humor, the obnoxious sound design, yeah <laughs> uh. <laughs> obviously big fan of mary poppins which is a uh, this is sort of a soft remake of mary poppins it's is I, I can't even remember if it's based on any kind of source material but i think it's just something that um sorry what's her face i'm how am i blanking emma thompson emma thompson yeah, yeah. so she she
0: I was just going to say, like, so you mentioned, like, it's kind of like a soft reimagining of Mary Poppins. I didn't know this until I actually looked at the back of the Blu-ray box. It says, based upon the Nurse Matilda books by Christiana Brand. And I'm like, oh, these are based off of books. Who knew? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, apparently Emma Thompson, not only starring as the titular Nanny McPhee, she did the screenplay for the movie, which I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. Uh,
1: she, that was a standout moment when her name came up. I uh, yeah, can't say I am not surprised.
0: Yeah, she really believed in the character, I guess.
1: Um, wow, and of course, um, so I get okay. So this Nurse Matilda thing has nothing to do with the role doll story Matilda. I don't, even think though so. the tones are very very similar to each other yeah, i they
0: do have very similar uh tones to them i agree just because they're that like kind of weird almost uncomfortable uh just kitty uh nature to them I, uh, this is a movie i saw as a kid in the theaters randomly and then i had never seen it since until you know watching it for this for this episode um right and yeah, no, like I had forgotten a lot of it. It's funny that you said like one of the things you remembered was the snow part. I completely forgot there was a there was snow at the end. I genuinely did not retain any of that. Um, <laughs> I I think one of the things I did remember was just like the the impact of like the of like her cane like hitting the floor every time she would like yeah. you know kind of make something up at will. Like
1: right, I, the the whole look of the character is very distinctive in general too. And I the uh, I guess my child child me thought the the cane hitting the floor was sort sort of her signifying badass move or whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the thing that got to me with that was like because I watched it in the theater, I must have been like a very really sensitive child. So like in the theater, every time they her like stick hit the ground it made like this big booming th- sound that like shook the theater, and it really scared me as a kid where i'm just like ah, oh wow loud noises yeah apparently loud noises really like looking back at it the loud noises really uh were not fun for me as a kid <laughs> which i mean watching now like on my regular home home setup it's like oh this isn't loud at all it's whatever so
1: <laughs> i uh i i always find it funny when i tell people that because people tell me those kinds of stories all all the time of uh them watching something innocent and then suddenly they are freaked out by something very common. I have those, my own experiences as well, but I mm-hmm. um, have a lot of antithetical experiences too, where like, I saw Coraline in the theater. It's one of the first movies I remember seeing and I was pretty much unfazed. I thought it was just a really great experience. Yeah. And um, or another one is uh temple of doom is the only Indiana Jones movie that didn't scare me. Interesting. Yeah. Which is, I don't, I don't understand. Um <laughs> When it came around to first horror movie, which was creep show, uh I was more scared of the idea of watching a horror movie than the actual movie itself. It was sort of a fear of the unknown, yeah um, which is interesting, yeah,
0: yeah, no, that is interesting but- that you bring that up because I do remember being like kind of like a scared child and like you know just fearing like. A lot of like the hard R like horror movies that are out there, like you know movies that are considered like the scariest movies ever. You know now I watch like movies that are super gory, and I'm just like, eh, whatever, (laughs) you know. So right, things change, man. Like yeah, no, totally,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: But yeah, I was just gonna say, so Nanny McPhee. It's interesting that we brought up like Mary Poppins because the whole time I was thinking Mary Poppins as well, like. Mm -hmm. how similar it is and i'm sure like it's not like a rip-off kind of deal it's more so just you know this is a story about uh you know bad behaved children and then a nanny comes in to just you know sort things out like mary poppins is not that original of an idea because you know we've seen this in like sound of music i'm pretty sure wasn't there like a movie from like the 90s with hulk hogan with this kind of story set up (laughs)
1: I think I know what you're talking about, but I I might have flushed it down my memory toilet. Yeah, Um,
0: I definitely have not seen it. I'm just remembering from, like, uh, some Nostalgia Critic episode, maybe. Just, like, him doing something like that. That sounds likely. But, yeah, like, this is just, it's, it's a kind of story I feel like we've seen before. So I can't really say, you know, like, Nanny McPhee is, like, ripping off a certain story like that because I think this no, yeah this definitely does have enough of for it to stand out from something like Mary Poppins. Um with that said I greatly prefer Mary Poppins. Uh me personally absolutely yeah no and I'm not just saying that because oh Disney good other oh, bad it's like no I it's just really good Mary Poppins. like It's a really good movie. Right. Um whereas this I'm gonna be honest it's a little too weird for me and i mean i love weird movies but like i don't know just something about this movie just didn't do it for me and one thing that probably like one of the biggest reasons is because i hate these kids man like they're just awful
1: (laughs) they they are they are just cretins um and it's interesting that we open on the note of um the prospect of them having potentially eaten a child, and that's uh that, I think that sets that sets the course for the rest of the yeah. movie until you, until obviously you introduce nanny Mcphee and I think what the what the key defining difference between we mentioned Mary Poppins before is what, what I think what separates them mainly is Mary Poppins isn't really a character you call upon if you're looking for discipline I think the the children in mary popper poppins already had good etiquette and good manners and they were very sweet cute children Mm -hmm. and she was just sort of there to give them some support and Mm -hmm. you know there's a there's a few moral lessons in there but mostly it's just to supply the fun not weed it out and crush it um
0: yeah yeah. it's they're essentially normal kids and you're just they're just trying to like you know show like extravagancy and adventure like kind of just like inserting it into their lives like oh isn't this neat and fun it's like yeah yeah whereas like here yeah it's like okay these kids like are little hellraisers. uh stop being little hellraisers. uh you know <laughs> take that yeah you know beat it out we gotta
1: call we gotta call 9911 on this one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: exactly it's just which I mean, I mean, that's essentially what happened in Sound of Music, did it not? Like, the kids were not necessarily well-behaved. Like, they pulled pranks and stuff like that. But, like, it was more so as, like, a call for attention, and... Um, right. And I feel like there was a little more to that movie, obviously, because, you know, it's, like, a big uh, grand scope uh, of an epic or something like that. Whereas, like, here it's a little more contained in Nanny McPhee, but, like, I don't know, just the way these kids act. It's like I know I'm supposed to laugh, but I'm not. Sort of right. Like sometimes I'm I'm getting a giggle. Like there's a part at the beginning when, uh, Nanny McPhee's like talking to Colin Firth's character, and and she's like, "Do they say please and thank you?" And he goes, "In what context?" And I thought that was a really funny line. But like,
1: I I also agree. There's there's a couple little little bangers in there. If you want to if want to go down that route. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it's also, I compliment pieces of media that are not afraid to showcase children as little assholes, because they truly can be. Yes, to be
0: fair. Very, very,
1: very true. But um, the overall, the the tone and presentational kind of factors of the the movie make it a bit more of a grating experience when it's um, really just desperate to, to... claw at you with these with these vibrant colors and i said uh i think i mentioned the sound design the sound design is nuts yeah yeah i remember it really being nuts
0: and it's just like yeah weird like uh, every time a character just moves there's a sound there's a sound effect yeah it's like it's trying to it's trying to keep your attention it's like i i am paying attention if anything, this is making me not want to pay more attention. So you're just kind of driving me away further.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's to uh, it's to hook in the kind of children that would do something as heinous as like the, the, the kids in this film to sort of uh, <laughs> get that audience and then get the message across or whatever.
0: Let's pretend to eat our sister. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so so strange. There's, there's a lot of strange, like not even just with the kids, there's a lot of strange aspects to this movie. There's a lot of on screen dead bodies in this movie. And I did not, I noticed that. that. I'm just like, I, cause I had forgotten that like the father's like a, a, like a coroner or something like that. Like he works with like, you know, f- funeral arrangements. And there's just, you know, on screen dead bodies. And I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's not really meant for like, a dreadful effect. Like it's more for so for like comedic effect. Like he's just going to work and he's dealing with his dead body and he like starts talking to it. It's just like, but still, it's just like, blah, like okay, yeah. <laughs> whatever.
1: I think it's it's a attempt. Yeah, it is a sort of deadpan humor. Yeah. You no know, pun intended, or a kind of dry, dry. uh Normally, they would hide something like that creatively. Yeah, in in a you a some with something. In something that has more of a whimsical or family tone, but I was surprised to see it just uh, <laughs> right there. Just someone's dead. Yeah, exactly. Body count.
0: It's just so strange. Um, and then this is just a personal thing, but the donkey in the woman's clothing is just nightmare fuel. I for, completely forgot there was a donkey in this movie and that it dre- and that they dress it up in these women's clothing, and then it just starts dancing. And I'm like, oh god, the CGI it was <laughs> horrifying in fact that's another thing like there's uh there's another cgi effect i wrote this down oh the, the 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 child the little baby like at certain points they like cgi its mouth to like talk and like you know yeah. they just use it for like they have like an actress like voice act like lines just being like you know saying whatever just, like not even like lines just words just because you know that's all she could probably say but like they move her mouth with cgi it's like oh god it's it's awful it's yeah it, it's like something out of like the 2010 marmaduke movie just like you know the <laughs> way they like kind of force it. it
1: it was i was about i was about to say just about any talking dog movie or uh, G- g-force it reminded me of that easily yeah uh i there's a line uh the baby says Whoop, at one point and my mother in particular found that to be quite funny because I guess I had this movie on a lot yeah. thanks to the thanks to the DVD. Um so for a long time, I don't know if if he had forgotten it nowadays, but um that, that was a household thing for a while. Hoop bum <laughs> I just
0: the highlight of
1: comedy okay. for you Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean to be fair, you have to have a high IQ to understand like just you know the brilliance of that line, let's be real. The uh... crassness
1: is um Unapologetic, unflinching.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I did actually remember, which I even though I'm I have many problems with this movie, I actually did think this was kind of neat was the uh idea that like every time the children like start to improve in behavior, like Nanny McPhee like loses a, a wart or like a wrinkle or something like that. And so like she progressively becomes, you know, quote unquote more attractive as the movie goes along. Right to the point that, like you know, at the very end, it's just Emma Thompson. You're just like, oh yay, she's hot now. It's like okay, (laughs) but (laughs) but I think that's kind of an interesting aspect of like you know this like raggedy old lady just comes into your life, and then every as you're like um, you know learning more life lessons, like she like loses a wart, she her wrinkles start to go away, and she becomes as awful as it is to say, like more visually appe- appeasing or whatever, you know?
1: hmm I, that is a very puzzling addition to me personally. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I understand what they were going for. Um, this especially was a Roald doll kind of thing because he was very interested in um, the way people looked and just describing hags and these just, ferocious ghastly uh people mm-hmm. or if uh one of i think it might have been the witches when he said that when you think ugly thoughts it shows in the face but you can still be ugly and you will radiate with positivity or whatever mm-hmm. because you are a positive person um and i think these ideal I, these ideal ideals are especially called into question nowadays yeah, um that's true i i do understand it um But it did. It was confusing me a little because I think that she, Nanny McPhee, is a fairly respectable woman beyond her unconventional, you know, looks. Uh, (laughs) And I think that I I was I was surprised they didn't just go for the route of judge one based on what they have to say and not, you know, what they look like while they're saying it or like don't equate that to the contents of their character type thing because that's normally the the moral uh, didactic conclusion there. But with this one there, he's incentivizing good behavior by saying, look, I'm not so butt fuck ugly anymore.
0: <laughs> I think it's interesting. Yeah. The, uh, you mentioned that. Cause it's like, you know, the, that's what this movie is all about is like, you know, teaching morals and it's like, okay, isn't like an important moral to teach is to be like, don't judge someone by like, you know, how they look. And then right. know, this movie saying like, Every time you do something good, the, your nanny becomes more conventionally attractive. It's like it's kind of a strange moral now that now that you know we we're saying it out loud. Um, I think, yeah. I think it's an interesting idea. You know, like taking away the wart, taking away the wrinkles and whatnot, taking away the buck tooth. But like in practice, you're just like, huh? Weird. <laughs> what a, what a weird yeah. thing to put in a kids' movie.
1: Who is this for? <laughs> yeah, who, is <laughs> who who is uh, being rewarded here? <laughs>
0: I mean, truly, who is this for? That's a good question. I mean, apparently the uh, bunch of dozens of Letterboxd reviews uh, on Letterbox that are just saying like, "Oh, I'm so nostalgic for this five stars." It's like, well, I guess this yeah. movie was meant for you. So good for you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can't deny there is there was a bit of a nostalgia trip. Or uh, occasionally, I'd see a certain shot and I'd have a memory unlocked or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a very it's, i do say it's a vibrant color palette but it is a fairly nice color palette I, i'd say hmm. um i don't know why everyone is so red in the face but hey that's um just par for the course maybe, maybe uh, that's
0: how they look in britain or whatever
1: yeah this is a de- very refined detailed look at uh, the lives of, of Britons all around the world
0: yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's interesting that you say like nostalgia or like you got a bit of nostalgia for it because well i mean to be fair you said you watched it a lot as a kid whereas me i watched it once and i retained no nostalgia for it i'm just like eh. yeah i remembered watching it in theaters and then i just i just i don't know not none of not not much of it connected with me again as, especially now that i can judge it more critically i'm just like i it just wasn't for me i guess which. But yeah, I'm glad I watched it again, just so then I can be like, oh, I logged it in the I uh, was able to revisit this this weird movie that I watched as a kid for some reason. Um, but honestly, I think that's about it. Like, I don't really see any reason on revisiting this at any time soon. Um,
1: but, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Done with Nanny McPhee, <laughs>
0: essentially. But I, you know what, it just wasn't for me. Oh well, right. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about it?
1: I guess um, just the just for a moment uh, the the whole Miss Quickly thing, where it, it almost it feels like t- it goes on for ten minutes, yeah. where he uh, Colin Perth is plunged into these different situations where he's accidentally trying to fornicate with her. <laughs> um, and that was one of the more raunchier moments that I that I I get that went completely completely over my head as a kid, um, sort of uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But with the with her t- uh, sort of being one of the antagonists of the story or whatever, one thing I did like was at the end when their the the tomfoolery of the children was vindicated mm-hmm. and they were sort of let out of the. Let out of the let out of the cage of Margaret Thatcher, you know, do as you are told so that they can throw cake and stuff. Like that's that's a fun um yeah moment to add, but uh
0: some debauchery is okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't use I, it to eat your sister, but use it to throw cake at your future stepmother who didn't actually end up being your stepmother. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I agree. It was the the weird uh, fornication jokes were kind of weird. I'm just like, oh, this would not be made today. <laughs> so just even, even <laughs> as a joke. Like obviously it's going for a joke, but like it's just like, uh kind of yeah. strange. But you know, I, some of it made me giggle just because of how insane it was watching it in a kid's movie. <laughs> so
1: yeah, <laughs> who is um, what is her name? uh from well she was in oh umbridge who plays umbridge who is that do you know
0: oh what's her name she's uh bunty in chicken run i know that for sure because i'm the number one chicken fan chicken run enjoyer on in the world uh
1: sugar what's your name i was just gonna say because she was particularly enjoyable to uh view during the movie uh watching her go absolutely insane as a sort of surrogate symbol for the audience
0: Imelda Staunton yeah she's been in a couple of things she, uh-huh. yeah she was uh she was Umbridge in Harry Potter she was in the Paddington movies she was in Chicken Run she was in Maleficent randomly <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so she's been around she's been in a couple of big movies but yeah no i recognized her i'm just like hey you're in things i know yeah but she she was great i liked her angela lansbury's (laughs) in this movie as aunt adelaide which was random um just because i i mean i associate her with beauty and the beast the most but like i was just like oh she's in this movie i forgot about that completely (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh, uh last thing, did you know that Simon, the kid Simon is played by the kid who pl- who voiced Ferb in Phineas and Ferb?
1: Is that a fact?
0: That's yeah, Thomas Brodie Sangster. He's he was the voice of Ferb on Phineas and Ferb. I, obviously it was like once every episode, but like yeah, no, that's him.
1: I can kind of mm, I can piece that together. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's really random but like really cool.
1: I thought I recognized the uh He's the sort of the main devil of the I, I, I forget everyone's names. <laughs> yeah, I yeah.
0: It's, I'm just reading off of the letterbox cast list. That's how I remembered his name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Do do better movie. Do
0: better movie. Um uh, before before we uh wrap up the Nanny McPhee discussion, uh the way we usually uh wrap these up is we like uh, I like to uh kind of talk about uh the blu-ray i have it on which uh it's just a pretty standard blu-ray uh this is Mm, i think it's from like the era when like you know blu-rays were still kind of like a new relatively new thing just because like the way it advertises at the on the cover just saying like the perfect high-def movie experience it's like yeah we know it's 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 a blu-ray we know we we know what we're getting into when we purchase it
1: um, yeah that was before it became the it became the the commonplace uh but there was no precedent, so they have to make it some sort of epic advertisement yeah um this, this, which is funny
0: this is the ultimate experience, yeah, and then four k came along so
1: clearly you were lying <laughs> so,
0: so. <laughs> um and then I also like to say, like, oh, would I keep this blu ray in my collection um I would not personally i revisiting this movie i'm like uh i there's a reason i didn't really connect with it when i first watched it and i didn't really find anything new to connect with this rewatch so unfortunately i will not be keeping this blu-ray in my collection um
1: i don't think i would either and i would be especially upset if it were it would if it would be happening to play on cable or something on the last day of my life i think that would just sort of um You're really bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really bad. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So, do you like collect physical media at all?
1: Oh, I do, just not very well because (laughs) I'm frivolously saving, penny pinching. Um, but the the, I do have a couple of uh, a couple criterions, and Mm -hmm. once it actually becomes something to show off, I would like to show it off one day. Yeah. Um, the most prized possession I have at the moment would be um, a Robocop. Criterion, signed by Peter Weller. Oh, dude. Really? Yeah. That
0: that kicks ass. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. The Criterion itself for RoboCop is uh, one of the earlier releases when it was um, still just a raggedy thing. um, A company made by film buffs who don't have any lineage in terms of a business or whatever, and they're just trying to make a buck um on a shoestring budget or whatever but uh That's so the the picture quality or sorry the uh yeah the picture the picture quality is in there's a whole bunch of dead space it's just a a square in the middle of a bunch of dead space almost like um I know. when you don't pay. i know exactly
0: yeah. what you're talking about yeah it's widescreen but like widescreen for like four by three tvs
1: right yeah, yeah so I- it's it's ancient
0: yeah no i've talked about a couple of dvds on this podcast so far in that with that exact uh viewing experience i talked about the brazil criterion i used to own uh and then the uh i actually still own it is my halloween 2 dvd that Advertise that it's like Halloween 2 in widescreen, but it's uh widescreen for TVs that were made in 2001. <laughs> so that's <dumb. laughs> yeah, no, that's really that's awesome, uh, but that's cool that like it got it signed by Peter Weller. I have all I have like the Robocop trilogy on like a DVD collection and uh. The way fantastic it, the way it differentiates the different Robocop movies is, is it just has Robocop in three different positions but like you have no idea you can't differentiate between the three movies it's uh,
1: that's really funny it,
0: it, that is an episode for the future I am very much looking forward to whenever I uh talk about that
1: um, yes <laughs>
0: but yeah no I, th- I think we've talked about everything we can with Nanny McPhee. if you want to move on to the next movie. Let's do it. All right. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna let you introduce this one because uh, mm. you, you seem to be the biggest enjoy, enjoyer of it that I know. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> the. Fa- I mean, the fact that you would like make references to it a lot in your videos, I was just like, wow, he really loves this movie. Which I mean, I do too. But like, wow, <laughs> like, didn't you dress up as like uh the character at one point? I I think like I have a vague memory of that. <laughs>
1: I did um one well, before it became a Halloween costume that year, but before that, I went to a public park sort of <laughs> and uh, or just out in public in general, dressed up as my own hackneyed, disturbing version of the mask, where I just put on green face paint and a dress shirt and like red. Tim sort of boots and I was gallivanting around all for a uh, gag in a video. Um, But. uh,
0: (laughs) So yeah. 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 So so we're talking about the mask 1994 Jim Carrey. So yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. You talk
1: about it. All right. So the mask, uh, obviously very famous Jim Carrey film, one of three in the year 1994 that really rose Jim Carrey as uh, the, the, huge comedy star that we know him today Yeah, had Ace ventura dumb and dumber and then the mask mm-hmm. um mask is uh based on dark horse is it right dark horse comics um which which is largely forgotten i think a lot of people well the the ip in general of the mask was sort of left to rot um which is a shame and they for a while we're hoping to reboot it or do a sequel or do a do a gender bender movie which <laughs> in a not too distant alternate universe would end up not working at all no probably similar to like the ghostbusters remake um mm-hmm. but anyways yeah so stanley ipkiss he's a like an accountant by day and then by night he becomes the mask uh, a, car- a vigilante superhero with cartoon superpowers think um roger rabbit uh oh and i guess the whole the whole thing is that he has to put on a green ancient green mask with mythical abilities to be able to do this hence the mask um but uh yeah uh the 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 major twist of it all is that i don't even really love the mask (laughs) but i think i just really like the mask as a character
0: Oh yeah, no. It's so I rewatched this recently. I actually watched it with a couple of buds of mine in uh, a VC movie session, and like I was watching it, and I was like, "Wow, this movie's like at a ten out of 10 Whenever the mask character is on screen, and then the rest of it, you're just like, "Huh, this is kind of right. boring." Which I, <laughs> I I feel like I'm like you know kind of uh. Uh, pulling high treason here against my own childhood because I loved this movie when I watched it as a kid I'm just like holy shit this is one of the funniest movies ever but it's like I only think that because of the mask character whereas you try to watch the rest of it you're just like wow this is like not terrible but like standard 90s it's like it's like two completely different movies are happening like Jim Carrey yeah. as the mask character is in a different movie from like say uh the main antagonist Dorian Tyrell or like even uh Peter Rygert's character is like Kellaway you're just like these are two very different movies <laughs> um just cuz <'cause>, you know, <laughs> they're they're playing it kind of straight which i guess kind of adds to the comedy whenever the the mask is on screen but like when it's just Jim Carrey as Stanley Ipkiss it's just like oh this is just kind of kind of standard you know
1: right no definitely um i think that well yeah a lot of the jim carrey movies in general are just sort of a vehicle for for jim carrey to go absolutely batshit, shit oh, and uh undoubtedly yeah yeah hold the whole pull the whole movie on his back and sort of elevate the material in his own physical comedy ways and the uh the adaptational jump presents some interesting because although I think that people were hoping for if you're going to adapt the mask you want something a little more violent and it's certainly violent for a supposed children's film I think one of the large appeals for me in addition to it being super funny was it felt as though I was getting away with something by watching it Mm -hmm. even though my parents didn't care that I watched it at all but yet it still had that edge where the people guys are getting gunned down and um there's you know a a, a bit of swearing here and there it's just uh very grimy yet also fun yeah um
0: it it is an interesting balance looking at it because yeah you have like the the mobsters the gangsters like being like actually pretty violent and jim carrey like being so cartoony so like it 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 does work in weird ways Um, when the masked character is not on screen. It's just like, oh, well, this is just like there's certain scenes where like the gangsters are like talking and, you know, like the the, the scene is like super serious. The music is like kind of reflecting that. And you're just like, I don't know, like I feel like they're trying to be like good fellas with like the gangsters, but like it's not filmed in any clever way. It's just kind of standard 90s villains um but then you know when they start interacting with the mask then it starts becoming funny but like you know you still have to get through those kind of generic scenes to get to the mask unfortunately
1: yeah i think they they really wanted to they were banking on okay we got jim carrey he's one of the great comedy stars right now so he can it can all sort of sort itself out which is not entirely true, because I, I think that the, the other key players in the story, um, if we're going to have to get comfortable with them, then we should exact do exactly that: get comfortable with them. But um, no, it never really does transcend. Just they have to be the bad guy. She has to be the love interest. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do find that that dynamic fun between uh, the the gritty edge city, Gotham City, almost kind of stuff and then you have the mask almost killing them with kindness yeah. um <laughs>
0: yeah and so it's, it's interesting yeah because yeah the the scene of when he when he like first goes about the town and he comes across these like uh thugs and they're just like hey mister you got the time he's like as a matter of fact i do cubby and it's just like, like oh that's <laughs> such a good scene but like you know if it was just the thugs And there was no mask character; it would not be as funny. Like you need, like the reason this movie is heralded as it is from the people who have seen it is because of Jim Carrey as the mask. Like you need that character in uh, in this movie.
1: Mm -hmm. You try to replace him with another hero, and it just doesn't quite gel as well. Um, And I'm trying to think of well, because if you were to perhaps. Go with the go go down the path of trying to make these goons and these villains and all these sort of different side characters in Stanley Ipkiss's life a little more memorable. You run the risk of um, sort of shrinking the mask as a character because what is there for him to play off of um, if everything is ridiculous? So it is it is tricky. I'll give them that in their defense, but at the same time, if they were going to go serious they might have just wanted to maybe commit a little more, (laughs) maybe perhaps even go more serious. The comic book has Stanley Ipkiss um, essentially filling the role of a, I know it's a term that's beaten to death, but uh, an incel. There's really no other way to describe Stanley Ipkiss in the comic books as an incel you see he is an incel template plain and simple textbook um it's a very nihilistic bitter unlikable character um
0: it's interesting so it that was- you say that because like you know when we were watching it uh and you know they have like several women characters talk to stanley and they're just like oh stanley you really are just such a nice guy and we're just like <laughs> nice guy tm <laughs> <It's> like
1: yeah <laughs> That's also why I think I, I attached myself to it uh in a meme meme irony appeal too is the uh the whole angle of modern day meme lingo, like you could say that the mask is red pilled or whatever. It's it's really stupid. But it's just like me you know. for real. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> it, does, it, it does which is it does surprisingly hold up. Yeah, in that regard.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because, like, as we were watching it, we're just like, "This is sort of similar to American Psycho," because <laughs> you have this like crazy character, just like, uh, just doing this horrible stuff, but yet yeah, he's just like trying to get with these women, and he's just like, "This confession has meant nothing." I, you know what? I don't even know why we said it was like American Psycho. Now that I'm thinking about it, we were ju- we were just watching this movie, and we're just like memeing on it and then all of a sudden we're just like oh this is just like american psycho (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah oh my god it's
1: lip-flopping all over the place
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know where i was going with that but i just remember like because like just the i don't know that's just what what it what like how we just interpreted that you know i mean i guess in the whole like uh the fact that he's just committing these crimes and, like, I mean, that's what Patrick Bateman did. So, like, in a vague sense, but I guess it's just funny for us to say, like, oh, the mask is literally American Psycho. Maybe that's where I was going with it.
1: Yeah. No, no, definitely. (laughs) Um, No, I I definitely see those parallels, too. And it doesn't doesn't help that there's such a thick layer of lust throughout the movie. Mm. Um, Obviously, the mask is um, inspired by... Different uh, cartoon characters like the Tasmanian Devil, but then there's the the Whistling Wolf. I yeah. forget is what was the name of that cartoon character.
0: I don't know. It's like a Tex Avery uh, cartoon. Yeah,
1: it's that. it is definitely a Tex Avery. Um,
0: but yeah, I know. Oh my goodness.
1: goodness.
0: But yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, a lot of cartoons back in those days had like you know that as like a joke, where like character, where like you know male. Uh, characters are just like boing, awooga They're just like whoa, woman. Yeah, it's like, and yeah, th- I guess like you know in the nineties that still wasn't seen as like kind of controversial. Whereas like now we're just like, Ugh. so
1: yeah, it so can come across as, as a predatory or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but I mean, Cameron Diaz in the movie, especially. um I don't really know because I, I think she's she's not really given a. Well, they have to adhere to the, the whole uh, damsel in distress. You got to save the woman mm-hmm. type of thing. It definitely is a, a, a typical kind of superhero story in that regard. Um, but I'd have, to, I'd have to look into like, how actual, actual women feel about uh, that kind of character or that archetype yeah, in this movie. Because
0: I feel like you can, I mean, I, I feel like there are ways to do it correctly. Whereas, like, you know, I don't, I don't think this movie really pulls that off that much you know, I, I don't even think it's going for like you know this is how it actually is like it's i think it's just going for that like kind of cartoony angle you know like so it's not right. really trying to say anything you know it's just like oh it's literally just a cartoon but in live action like that's just how i kind of view it
1: yeah <laughs> and obviously the um uh, Stanley Ipkiss being into cartoons in general, so that the the mask would adhere to that obsession was a really great detail. That, mm-hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken, was just not in the source material, which is strange. So, um, it's it's tricky because they did add a lot of things that work, but they I think they they detracted a lot of the depth too. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that we'll never get a mask sequel. Besides that magazine contest that emerged um <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so i was actually thinking like i knew i cuz so to bring up american psycho again actually funny enough mm-hmm. when i talked about american psycho on this podcast uh i also watched the sequel just i didn't plan on talking about it on the episode we we ended up right. we did end up talking about it for like 10 minutes i think just because that's all we had to say was like american psycho 2 it sucks. Like that's all we really said on that episode. So like I was kind of thinking of watching like the Son of the Mask. I knew we weren't really going to talk about it on this episode, but I didn't because I completely forgot to. But also it's like maybe it's a good thing I forgot to because like Son of the Mask, like you know that's often said to be like one of the, not only one of the worst sequels ever, but like one of the worst movies ever. I mean. <laughs> i mean i i don't think i've ever actually seen it all the way through i think you know the extent of my knowledge of it is well the nostalgia critic review of it um so right which...
1: that's a, uh, the easy way to watch movies without actually watching them is just watching doug walker scream about them
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah but like yeah no but that's such an interesting thing like that sequel is so bad but like you you almost don't even really associate it as being a sequel to this movie. Because, like, when I think, like, you know, a sequel to this movie, like, it's never really happened, you know? Because, right. like, Jim Carrey never returned to the role. I feel like that's, like, something you would want in a sequel to this movie is, like, you know, you want Jim Carrey back. But that doesn't, but that never happened. And at this point, I don't think it ever is going to happen. I think he said he's, like, retiring from acting. Um
1: Yeah. Which, Which is fair. I think that he's had a really prestigious, long, exhausting career yeah. of ups and downs. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: so, and I feel like maybe that's for the best. Like, I feel like a sequel to this movie would kind of, you know, a sequel in the sense of when you, if you bring back Jim Carrey as the character, would kind of ruin it. Like, would kind of ruin the impact of this movie. Cause, like, it's, I feel like that kind of adds to um, just how unique it is. Like, as as many issues as I have with the movie and you know, they're all completely valid. I still like it a lot. Like there's still aspects to it that I like, and I would rather those aspects not be tainted by like a legacy sequel made like over 30 years later, you know? Yeah. I would just want it to, because, you know, I've been, I've been disappointed time and time again by these kinds of ideas for sequels and they rarely ever work out. Like, you know, for every Blade Runner 2049 and Top Gun Maverick, you get the Star Wars sequels and the Terminator sequels. And I,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very true.
0: You could name any legacy sequel that isn't Top Gun Maverick or Blade Runner 2049. And they would just be a good example of how, why you shouldn't do those. <laughs> so
1: exactly. No, I'm definitely coming, coming at it from an idealistic angle. Um, yeah. But uh no, I I, I completely sympathize with that, that when you create, um, this big mega moneymaker franchise when, once it's everything, it becomes nothing. Mm-hmm. And, um, screenwriters aren't exactly great at making sequels. No. Um, but in, in the case of son of the mask, which I, <laughs> I tried to tiptoe around, it's like, Oh, they had that magazine, you know, with the contest. And that's, that's all there ever was. And that all, that's all there ever will be. I've actually seen Son of the mask several times all the way through. um, <laughs> Oh, you have. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I think it, they, they couldn't help but make that movie because of, because of they didn't want to let go of the, of the legacy of the mask. Mm-hmm. They wanted to continue that success, which, okay, fair enough. And I don't, I, I won't rule out, um, because the, the mask is meant to be worn by uh, other people, too. Mm-hmm. Whatever whatever um, traits you have, it will enhance those traits. Mm-hmm. Think uh, think the symbiote in Spider-Man 3, <laughs> um, which is a good movie. I will defend that movie. I agree. I love Spider-Man 3. Yeah, if we're talking good sequels. But uh, bad sequels, Son of the Mask. Jamie Kennedy was not a great fit. They, they wanted a versatile comedic actor. Um, and I don't think Jamie Kennedy, well, the physicality of the mask is important too. And Jamie Kennedy is not physical. Yeah, He's good at, uh, voices, but he's mostly reserved. Yeah. And the mask is, is someone who is more of a Bugs Bunny type of character. Yeah. Um, which
0: is why Jim Carrey works a hell of a lot better. Like, you know, he, right. And why he's so synonymous with this role. Like, it's interesting that you say like, you know, oh, they could probably, you know, it's interesting that like, this is based off of a comic. And, um, you know, I've heard that like, people are kind of frustrated with the fact that like, you know, the actual comic itself has never been properly adapted. And it's like, well, that would probably be the most likely angle you would go with. If you were to like, you know, make another mask movie is you would probably want to be closer to the source material. Um, right. My only hang up with that would be is, like, it would be kind of in the same ballpark as something like Dr. Sleep, where, like, we have this idea in our head as, as, you know, film lovers of, like, something that, to be fair, is not necessarily a great adaptation, but is so its own thing anyway, that, like, if you were to try to, like, continue the legacy of, like, the original thing into a new thing... It would be kind of hard because we have this other thing. So, and to simplify it, it probably sounds a little confusing the way I'm putting it, but like, you know, because Jim Carrey's portrayal of the mask is so iconic, you know, making a mask remake, reboot, reimagining, what have you, would be insanely difficult to do because you have his portrayal already being so iconic. Even though you're not trying to copy off of that, you're trying to make it more so what it was originally supposed to be. The reason I said it's like Dr. Sleep is because, you know, Dr. Sleep is trying to be a sequel to the original Shining book more so than the Kubrick movie. But the Kubrick movie is so iconic, it would be literally impossible to not bring it up when trying to make a doctor really? sleep movie, which is why yeah. doctor sleep ended up the way it, it was. And it's like, uh, say what you will about that movie. I personally didn't think it was great, but like, you know, that, that, that's an issue that is forever going to be, you know, uh, associated with it. Um, unfortunately,
1: no, no I definitely, I, I definitely agree with, with doctor sleep. And if audiences didn't have such a disease of associations and, and, a in impro- and a problem with uh going out of their comfort zone i think we could have gotten a pretty decent dr sleep movie because out- outside of the kubrick aping the desperate attempts to um do uh, you know bring you back to the shining as some sort of hauntological nostalgia piece which is just really the mistake yeah um of of all, of all time you know yeah.
0: <laughs> which i mean obviously doctor sleep and shining are completely different ballparks than the mask but like it's that idea of like we right. have this yes it's a it's not a, it's not adapting the original thing very well but it's still its own thing like it's still iconic in its own sense so like it would still be difficult to um adapt it originally i mean i'm not saying it's impossible i'm sure some studio is going to like you know get the mask IP and try to make something more faithful to the comics. Like, you know, you can't. that's probably going to happen. I'm just saying, yeah, me personally, it's going to be kind of difficult to view that when, you know, we have the Jim Carrey mask in our collective consciousness with it existing. So that's just mm-hmm. something I've always kind of thought about.
1: No, I, de- I definitely agree as much as I would be sort of interested yeah, of all the hack corporate ideas of revitalizing um defibrillating yet another dead property Mm -hmm. i think the mask would be one of the it's a hot take of course because of jim carrey but um i think that it would it would be one of the lesser offense offenders for giving it a a second time around but um i think that's just me
0: i mean yeah as much as i Even though I was literally just going on a tirade of why I think that would be a bad idea, I think yeah, considering the awful shit we've gotten, like again, it would just be like an adaptation that's trying to be its own thing. So like, yeah, in that sense, it probably would be the lesser of two evil evils, I guess. Like, so I agree with that. I'm just saying, like you know, as somebody who's been uh, disappointed time and time again, it's like. I just have this uh, automatic association with failure when I think of like, you know, bringing back a long dead franchise. Um,
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So I, I'm just so, I'm so uh, exhausted of feeling down in the dumps all the time. So I, I do, I do uh, like to think about what could have gone right or what could go right. Or, you know, what we should be remaking and what we shouldn't be. Um, Don't fix what, don't fix what is isn't broken, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that remaking something that is broken is interesting. Re- more recent example, um, I see. I saw. I see that they have a haunted mansion movie coming out, which is not a remake, but it's a reboot. So they're trying to take that awful Eddie Murphy movie and maybe make it into something a little more digestible. But it is Disney. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just an example. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I mean at the end of the day, like we can't really stop these. So like, I'm of the opinion that like, I can complain about it. I'm still probably going to watch it. You know how it's just like, cause I'm curious to see, cause you just like, you know what? Go ahead. Like make this new thing that you are trying to bring back or like tr- make this thing you're trying to bring back. Like, let's see how this goes. You know, like it's, yeah, it, you're, you're curious. Um, in a way so i'm very very much uh looking at it from that perspective as well
1: Um, yeah i was looking at it like that with uh the batgirl movie that that got canceled um because by all accounts that dc universe is in shambles it's those movies are garbage but at the same time you just erased possibly one of the best like brendan fraser performances mm -hmm. from history and people wanted to see michael keaton come back as batman you ruined that too so I, I um there's definitely movies that i hate but it if there's never really a case where i don't want something to come out at all i think that's ridiculous yeah. i think that's really wasteful regardless of the end product um and it's ridiculous that all those people's hard work even if like the overall movie was shit it supplied jobs yeah. there was something there Oh, it yeah, couldn't have totally. been complete. Like how irredeemable was it that you had to shelve it forever.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Batgirl's a great example. Like I yeah, i probably would have sucked almost definitely. But like, yeah, I wouldn't want it to be canceled. Like I want people to work on stuff. And like the fact that like now that it's canceled and they're like, Oh, you will never see the it will never see the light of the day. It's like, well, now I want to watch it. Like you've made it so enticing. Yeah. You've canceled. It. It's like, well, now I have to watch it. Like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Wow. This- <laughs> It's supposed like, because if, if, if these movies you think are fit for release are awful, then what is so bad about this one? What if it's a reverse <laughs> yeah. psychology situation? I I just want to know. Yeah. Just release the fucking thing. Just pass, pass the threshold. One, two, three, release it. It's so easy. It's the, you know, it's just finish as, it.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing as the Star Wars holiday special. Like, for years, George Lucas was yeah. like, nobody should watch this. It's like, well, now we want to watch it because you're denying us access to it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh God, just really interesting stuff. I must say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you have uh, anything else you wanted to say about the mask?
1: Well, it uh, it certainly supplied me with some fond memories as a child, mm-hmm. and I think it's it certainly is one of the better comic book movies to watch just by virtue of the comedy elements, the timeless special effects, which, um, I mean, that, that might be a little debatable about the special effects, but it's, uh, at the same time, the, the 3d effects, which are primitive are ultimately trying to display 2d effects made into 3d. Yeah. it's And no, yeah, no matter what, it's always going look like, to look like a cartoon, and if that's the goal, I think these are some pretty timeless effects, I must say. Yeah,
0: I think they have a charm of their own. i I like 90s CGI when it's not the worst thing ever. like I don't know it, they were trying, so like I think it looks it looks fun for what it is. I, I do yeah. like the, I do like that aspect of it.
1: yeah, yeah. Great set design, great yeah. score, um, housed a lot of people's careers. Mm-hmm. it's. Formulaic, but it stands out uh, because it's it's kind of the not the sum of its or how, I'm trying to figure that out. Some of its parts that saying is uh, it would it not be the sum of its parts or is it the sum of its parts?
0: Yeah, no, that's one of those uh, sayings that like I don't know how you would say it properly, so I just don't bother trying to say it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I do I do like it because it's so handy um, in in film discussion, but I can never wrap my head around it properly.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, but yeah no i agree i as many as i've said as many issues as i have with this movie i i could never hate it like there's just too many good things about it that i like and like i said when watching it in a group setting like whenever the mask character was on screen was just hilarity like it was literally some of the hardest i've ever laughed um which that's got to account for something
1: absolutely yeah yeah
0: so uh Anyway, I have it on DVD, actually. A uh, New Line Platinum Series uh, DVD. This is from a while ago. Um, Okay. And I think it's a really neat DVD. It's early 2000s, mid-2000s, I don't remember. But, like, it's kind of neat. Unfortunately, I've brought this up before. It does this thing where the case has, like, like, a symbol edged out inside of it so like you can like, that's interesting you open it out you open it up and like you can like feel the uh you can like feel the uh cover like the paper cover like on the outside and so like it makes for like a very flimsy box and i i just i hate that i genuinely don't know why they would do that like I maybe it's cheaper because it's like less material to use to make the box but like it's it just makes for a flimsy box like it squeezes it I, I i
1: i would hate that i would guarantee that it's it was um a cheaper option yeah. <laughs> but i i'd also hate when they um go out of the standard to deliver on some more easily dentable piece of crap <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so uh as for whether i want to keep the dvd itself like this actual dvd I don't think so. I I don't I don't really see this as like that impressive of a DVD. And again, the case kind of sucks. So yeah, I'm gonna get rid of it. But in terms of whether the mask has a spot in my collection, it does. So like, if I ever get it on like a nice Blu-ray, um, or if ever if, I don't think it's on 4K, but like, I think if it ever does get a 4K release, I think I would get that just because. I'd want this movie to be like in the nicest uh, quality possible. Um, right. So even though I'm not keeping the DVD, the the mask will always have a spot in my collection, no matter what.
1: Um, I'd be interested um, in a 4k. Are they, are they doing a 4k for the mask? I mean, they got a Blu-ray of course, but um,
0: yeah, I don't know. So like, my thought process is the thirtieth anniversary is next year, so maybe that's what they're saving it for. Um but That'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, I you never know. You never know with what Blu-rays, uh Blu-ray companies are thinking. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh do you happen to own it or do you happen to do you wanna like own it in your collection someday?
1: It's hard to say because there are tons of guilty pleasure movies that um I watch at least once a month. I think The Mask could could quantify could be added to that list. Um, but I have a very stingy attitude towards my physical media collection. Like mm. besides gifts, I think I have I have an Evil Dead Two Blu Ray, which is pretty nice. Um, it was a gift. It wasn't something that I would have picked out because it's it's although it is a really great movie there's a certain spot in my mind for the best of the best. And I just try to keep it like that. But if I, I might soften myself up one day and uh, get those ones too. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact, I had the DVD as a child. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it a lot on my D my portable DVD player. Nice. Classic.
0: Nice. Yeah. I wish I was as stingy as you, but you know what? That's why I made this podcast. So I can be, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'd say that almost about does it, Liam. Uh, please, by all means, shout out your stuff. Where can people find you?
1: (laughs) Well, my main, uh, my kind of primary source for good old content would be just my YouTube channel, Liam Does Stuff. Um, or I suppose I have one of those fancy URLs now, so it would be uh, YouTube.com/slash liam does stuff official hopefully that works if not that'd be a shame but um because <laughs> there are a couple liam does stuffs out there some decoys but um yeah the, just you if you want to check out my stuff by all means um a little sparser in terms of the content flow but i'm trying to fix that and it's been going well so far so stick around if if you are interested at yeah. all in weird shit. And I guess that's all I have to say on that matter.
0: Mm, nice. Yeah. I'll be putting your links in the description. Uh, you have a letterbox, right?
1: I do. Yes. You could also, um, yeah. if you wanted to you put that there too.
0: Yeah. I've, I've been following for a while. I remember the, the half star uh, arc of your <laughs> letterbox. Uh, <time.
1: laughs> that's really funny, but it can be considered an arc. I thought people didn't care that much, but um, no, that is very true. Uh, that's interesting that I did that because I, in some ways, I almost predicted that mid would be the new bad. Um, so not to, not to like, not to toot my own horn or anything, but, um, right around the time I started to think that way more and more, I started to see other people think that way. So I, uh, that was, that was weird that Mm, ahead of his time.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, your, um, your,
0: your links will be in the description
1: all right so perfect
0: yes sure and thank you the audience for listening to us ramble about nanny mcphee and the mask and other various things we talked about a lot of stuff on this episode which is good i th- these are the kinds of episodes i like doing where we have where we don't just talk about the movies we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff that vaguely relates to the movies but you know (laughs) Uh, yeah if you want to support the show give a like give a comment listen to us on Apple podcasts and Spotify why don't you yeah that's about it thanks for watching and always remember it's party time P-A-R-T why because I gotta (laughs) anyway thanks for watching bye-bye
1: see you later guys daddy's got a sweet tooth tonight Yeah.